Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Big weekend before we see the big old bowl come up 
and I can't wait to get it started in here. Hey, hey. <laughs> what a weekend of football. Unbelievable. And it, it is cold. It is cold as a brick out here. I got the heat cranked up. I, I've been been holding out all winter, got the heat cranked up, and, you know, we're expecting a Nor'easter this weekend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But uh, I also got uh, another one of our co-hosts. I, I guess he could be he could be the real villain if you if you really really get technical about it. I, he's kind of like a fake villain. He's kind of like, I don't know like uh, you know maybe like the villains from Jackass like or, or or from Kickass maybe one of those movies like you know one of those bad guys just like really playing at at, at, at villain. But you know he he gets on my nerves. But I love him though. And it's beliefs that Aaron Simmons. Aaron, what's going on, bro? What's going on, man? How we doing, TP, man? Good to hear you, man. Hope all is well. Like I said, villain, I hate you. I hate your guts. I hate everything you stand for. But, you know what I'm saying? We got to, you know, put our differences aside and do what we got to do for the people. But, yeah, I hate him so much. I hate him so, so much. What's up, y'all? How we doing? Tonight? People don't people don't understand how, how hard it is to do an hour show with, with Sirius, knowing that, you know, he, he it's child abuse to his kid. He forces his kid to be like a Rocket fan. <laughs> And a Steelers fan, I, it's like I want to call social services, but I can't do that to somebody I work with because you know it's you know it's not right. But you know, listen, shout out to the to the Simmons family, we love them. Um, serious, you know, even though you get on my nerves, I I don't. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say nothing nice about you. I'm just gonna get going. I'm gonna get cracking. Um, get you know, glad you guys are with. Yeah, let's go, man. Glad you guys are with me. A um, lot of news coming out. Um, over the last couple of days, I want to definitely talk about the Hall of Fame. I, I want to bring this little appetizer to the to the cookout before we get um, get in hearty into this meal. Um, the Vikings look like they found their next GM. They're hiring. I'm gonna butcher his name, Kawesi o- Adolfo Messiah. I think I got it right. I'm not gonna say it twice. Um, as their GM, the Bears um, they. They also hired their GM, um, I think Ryan Poole. So two black GMs hired today uh, in the NFC North in TP's division. Um, you know, Poole's was actually in the running for the Giants job. He was one of the three finalists. Um, Messiah coming from uh, San Francisco and as of late, uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, helping build that uh, franchise. So um, TP, I'll come to you. Two black GMs hired today. I don't know if you know have any kind of history on these two guys, but definitely love to get your input on on these two hires. And if you're on mute, take yourself on mute. I do it all the time. Uh, not not uh, as much information that I need to to have enough to analyze about the situation. It's just that I want them okay. to get their just due of like being mm-hmm. in a pan out while they have to watch a team turn over and turn into something. Um, we've seen something brutal happen within this season, and I can't use any other term for it, but it being an issue uh, based upon the individual. Uh, and I really would use a different terminology if uh, we weren't here on Sports City. I'm trying to be as calm about it as I can, but it still, like, irks me that this is still going on mm-hmm. in 2020. But, again, just like I said, um, we already set it off in the NFC North having uh, Brad Holmes as a GM, being African-American descent. Uh, two more come to the NFC North. Why don't the rest of the NFL start to open up to that and, and believe in others than people that look just like you? Um, but that that's just one thing. Again, like I said, we have to wait for the turnover and see if these uh, respected organizations could get a good pan out uh, going into the future. But um, 
rightfully so. We're starting to see a new day and age in sports at this point in time. But I don't have enough on these individuals for me to say, well, this is what their resume says for them to turn things around as a, a manager in itself. But I, I don't want to take anything right. away from them and make it sound worse, you know. But, again, give people a shot. If they are, you know, able to learn and get better within due time, why not? Yeah, I mean, I I already like the polls hire. I think, you know, kind of doing my homework about him, um, coming from the Chiefs organization, TP, uh, he was, like I said, he got a second interview with the New York Giants before they actually went with Joe Shane. Um, you know, he's already interviewed Jim Caldwell for the head coaching vacancy. Um, it looks like they're going to go after Dan Quinn, uh, defensive coordinator from the, the Colts, Matt Euphorbius. I can't fuck me. Um, and so, you know, just just the fact that Jim Caldwell is getting the call, I like that already. Um, so, but I'll, I'll flip it to you, Sirius. Which one of these GMs have the tougher road to go to build a winning uh, organization in either Minnesota or Chicago? You know, I honestly believe it's going to be the Chicago Bears, um, and, and here's why. If you look at the Minnesota Vikings, I, I feel as though they are somewhat set. You have yourself a, a, a decent quarterback in Kirk Cousins. You have uh, a running back. You know, you have your receivers. You, you have some weapons. You have some pieces on the defense side of the ball. Um, when you look at mm-hmm. that Chicago Bears, that Chicago Bears team, you have a ton of question marks. Um, you go out and you draft a quarterback in Justin Fields, um, and, you know, you got some pieces behind them. Um, you know, I'm not sure what you're going to do with when the backup quarterback and Nick Foles is going to be in the mix. Uh, you got to solidify that wide receiver position. Um, Allen Robinson was a no-show um, all year. Uh, Darnell Mooney uh, came on a little bit, but he was sporadic. Um, the defense got beat up like they stole something. Khalil Mack can't stay healthy. Um, so I, I think if you're the Chicago Bears, I think that's a more difficult position to put yourself in, not to mention, you know, as, as we currently sit right now, you do plan – the division that, that, that has Aaron Rodgers for now. Um, and so I, I posted this on, on my social media before. If you're not trying to compete with those that are ahead of you by making strategic moves to put yourself in position, then you're doing, this, you're doing your team uh, and your fans a disservice. So if you're coming into that position, if I'm the owner of that franchise, my number one question is, give me a plan on how we beat you know, the Packers, give me a plan for how we deal with the L.A. Rams. How, how do we deal with the spread offense? How do you take the pieces that we currently have and shuffle them around to, to, to get the right coach in there with the right message, with the right group of people? Give me your plan. And I, I think the, the harder question, the harder ask for that answer is in Chicago than it would be in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I think in Minnesota, though, too, serious. I think they you, – you mentioned Kirk Cousins. I think they have to make a decision on Kirk Cousins. Is he the guy? I think he had a really good season this year. Um, his numbers stack up with anybody at the quarterback position, but they just don't get over the hump with him, right? So um, I got a call in queue, another chef I want to definitely bring in and, and kind of pose this question to them as well. Uh, calling out of the 615, Mr. Harvey, thank you for calling in. Mike, what's going on, bro? 
Hey, man, thanks for having me as always, man. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, we got two new GMs in Chicago and Minnesota. I'd love to get your handicap on them, bro. Yeah, so to answer your question, um, Kirk Cousins, like, I don't know. His stats are always – the stats are there, but I don't know why I feel like a lot of those stats tend to be empty stats. They lost a lot of very close games this year that could have put them in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the short-term answer – is that Minnesota is the better job right now? Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is at the end of this at the end of this rope. I don't know. Uh, he only has another year left on his contract. What happens? Uh, you got a dominant receiver, a very good running back, so you have the weapons in place. I don't know about the long term answer though. Um, I think with the jury still being out on Justin Fields, can he be a franchise quarterback? Uh, you right. know, if he continues to improve and grow and can be a franchise guy, then maybe a couple of years down the road that answer changes. And so maybe Chicago is the long-term answer. I think long-term is to be determined. Uh, right now, right now, the Minnesota GM job is the better job. Uh, but I don't know. Like I said, uh, I just want to see what happens with Fields. And we talked about how elusive that franchise quarterback is for so many, so many organizations. So let's see what we got there. Yeah, absolutely. TP, you want to weigh in on which job you would actually go for if you were um, in these guys' shoes? Which one is a better fit or job? You see what I deal with Sports City? He he asked me a different question than everybody else. See, this is this is the good versus the evil. You know what I'm saying? I got to fight through the evil. I, they get the I good brought stuff. it back to you, gotta, TP. Said, I finish, can I finish? 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 No. Can I finish? No. 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 Disrespect my click. The stuff is superior. We mess around and milk and milk box material. You know what I'm saying? Like you no. never heard the song. <laughs> if, if you never, if you never heard the song, the name of the song is Get Money. That's, that's all I want to say. That's all I, I was mean. actually just that's playing that song not too long ago. No, you're lying. He's lying, people. See, this is what I'm talking about. No, I'm not. He's on the line. No, I'm not. People on the air. Listen, he's breaking me up. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my spiel. He's asking me to talk. Get I'm trying money. to talk. I'm trying to tell y'all how I feel. Listen, listen, Get why are they talking through me? Listen, <laughs> hold on. Excuse me. Can I finish? I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to tell y'all how oh. I feel. I'm trying to talk about my life as I see it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is how they do me. You know what I'm saying? And this is off of Christopher Wallace's album, too. The same line from Martin Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I think the better situation is Minnesota right now because they do have a system that is working I think more or less the pieces that they got to pick up is on the defensive side of the ball. If that defense clicks all game long, I mean, they got a stout offense making it happen. Only what I'm really worried about is if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy all season long. There's always something mm. that bothers him, but he's, he's a credible running back with home run speed right now. If he see daylight, they're going to run for a little bit. So they, they have that offense well conditioned. It's just if, you know, Kirk Cousins could come up with some good plays at the right time. But that defense has its issues. They're losing a cornerback right now in this season, too. They already had the issues with Rhodes also. So their defense needs their tweaking. But other than that, I feel like the ideal job right now out of those two would be Minnesota right now. I feel like the Bears have way more work to do to get where they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think Bears, they have a lot of pieces that are more question marks than Minnesota. Um, I Like I said, the quarterback for me in Minnesota is is a slight question mark if, you, if you're confident he, he could move forward with him. I think he has um, – I think he has one year left. I don't know if you guys can correct me. Serious, you're usually good at uh, pulling those numbers. But 
Um, I, I don't know if you, you got to figure out if that's a long-term investment again. You know, you, you gave them what was three years, uh, 30 um, what guaranteed. So you got to figure out if that's, that's the guy you want. So, um, it's, but, you know, congratulations to both guys. They got a lot of work cut out for Minnesota. Uh, hopefully can get back to the playoffs and the Bears as well. Um, listen, I want to switch gears to MLB. Uh, obviously, the labor talks are ongoing. It looks like that's starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. They've been having some frequent meetings the last couple of days, so it looks like MLB's back on track. But obviously, the big story out of Major League Baseball was the Hall of Fame voting. I actually blogged about it finally. Uh, who I thought should get in, who I thought would not get in, and 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 all that good stuff. The votes were tallied, um, and the results were that only one person got in this year, and that was David Ortiz, former Minnesota Twin and Boston Red Sox, probably one of the greatest, if not arguably the greatest, designated hitter the ba- baseball has ever seen. I think his clutch play in postseason is what separates him from a lot of hitters. Um, big news, bigger news, I guess you could say, Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, in their final years of eligibility did not make it. Barry Bonds, 66% of the vote. Roger Clemens, 652 Kurt Schilling went down after he demanded to be taken off the ballot, got 58.6. Other notable people, Scott Rowland got 63. Todd Helton, 52. Billy Wagner, a closer, uh, got 51. Andrew Jones, uh, one of the greatest defensive center fielders I've ever seen in my lifetime, 41. Gary Sheffield, 40. Alex Rodriguez, first year of eligibility, 34. Um, TP, I'll come to you. Um, you can lament on, on Ortiz getting into the Hall of Fame, but I think the bigger news are, are the names that didn't make it. It was a star-studded list of guys that didn't get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Barry Bonds and, and um uh, Kurt, uh, uh, Roger Clemens, notably on their last year of eligibility, not getting in. Love to get your whole take on the Hall of Fame voting. Hey, who is Roger Clemens? I, I don't. I never heard of Roger Clemens. I'm going to have to look him up. But um, in the other news, thanks, you know, PP. I'm thanks, gonna, thanks for my broken English. Wait, that's not as perfect as finish, everybody else. I'm sorry. No, no, because all you do is pick on the billet. And you're the good guy. You're supposed to be the good guy. You just pick on me. You make me cry. You make me feel bad. City. No, I don't. Listen, I make him laugh and smile every time he sees me. You got to see his kids. His, his, kids, his kids jump on both of my arms when I come around. They jump and grab me. Tell me and he's talking about feelings. I'm the bad guy. I'm, I'm the good guy. You, know you make says? me feel bad. You think, no, I don't. No, I don't. See, I can't even be real. Listen, I can't even finish. I can't even finish. You know what he says when I come over there? You can take these kids with you because they love you so much. That's what a superhero does. You know what a superhero does. They get mad and cry when I leave. This this, this is what happens. You know what I'm saying? So now, anyways, like I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted about Roger Kimmins. I've never heard of the player. But anyway, so I'm going to save the best for last. One, with David Ortiz. I love it so much because he was drafted out of Minnesota and he struggled in Minnesota when he was in Minnesota. And it was like, I didn't want to see him go because when he caught a hole of a pitch, he would take him deep or get on base. But uh, he ended up getting traded with Doug Mankiewicz, went to Boston, and I was so heated because I live in the New England area, and, and a lot of people in my area don't like Boston sports or New England sports at that manner. It's more or less a New York region where I am in the state of Connecticut. So it's like Mets or Yankees or the upper half of the state is more Red Sox. So I'm in the middle of the debate. And then he ended up turning that thing around almost instantly when he got there and uh, was the leader of their, how do I say it, the streak or the the Bambino curse 
what was it, 86 years that they broke? I think it was 86 yeah, years in yeah. uh, 2004. So it's like once once they got that 3-1 lead in front of them and he made that hit, everything turned around for Boston, and it just turned into an epic run after that every every season and got championships there multiple times. And uh, I think um, I, I'm going to say the sports city. I can care less if anybody gets mad at me, and you can send me an email if you want at sportscitychefs.com or whatever you want to do. I think Big Poppy a.k.a. David Ortiz, had the best speech in Boston, Massachusetts history after the bomb hit or the guys that did the whatever bombing at the the marathon. And he even cursed during it. And I think all of America felt that. So, like, not only is he going in the Hall of Fame for being a baseball player, I think more humanitarian. And him not even being from the country, Dominican, and everybody felt him as a fellow citizen. It says a lot about the individual – one of the clutch hitters, one of the guys that could get on base when you need him, even though he was a roly-poly guy, he could make stuff happen while he was on the base. Um, he was a designated hitter at that. But that, that's what it's all about. And I, I love the number 34 that he wore uh, just because of the Kirby Puckett issue that I have with Minnesota still stuck there. And uh, I think he carried a lot of that with him to Boston to make a name for himself. And uh, there's a ton that I can say about Poppy. But ultimately, I'm, I, I feel myself I'm kind of tied to him because he went from Minnesota there and got that championship. And, Watching him and Minkiewicz do it, it felt something impressive. But um, let me get to the sour part of the situation. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna help Barry out right here, people. So this is my co-host, and I get this plug from him. <laughs> oh, this sport of baseball is so hilarious! It's so hilarious looking at baseball. You mean to tell me that you? Freaking voters, you lucky that we're on Sports City because I would be cursing right now real bad. That you're going to tell me that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are Hall of Famers? Like, you're really going to mm. sit there and act like that? This is funny. You're going to act like Manny Ramirez is not a Hall of Famer? Like, like there's too many names in your sport that make this sport look so ridiculous. And I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball. I grew up idolizing baseball players. If you're taking away our heroes of the game, and saying that they don't deserve to be enshrined. That, that's ridiculous. It's hilarious. You guys are the laughing stock of the big three sports. I'll let them have their fun. I mean, you, you, we've got to dig into it more. I, you know you know how I feel. Um, serious, I'll come to you. Let's give flowers to Dave Ortiz first, and, and, and then we can – I definitely want to unpack TP because I'm with him 100%, and I had a I had a good – I want to go on a rant too. But let's let's give Ortiz his flowers. Listen, a lot of people were saying that he doesn't deserve to get in because he was a DH and all he did was hit. But I I think that's BS. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a specialist and he was really good at what he did, just like Mariano was a specialist and was really good at what he did. Mariano's the first ballot. So anybody that tries to say that he wasn't is is full of crap. Serious, the floor is yours. Talk to me about David Ortiz, bro. You know, as a fellow Yankee fan, again, I posted this on my social media today. As a fellow Yankee fan, I I hated David Ortiz. I hated him with a passion Mm. because it seems like he played exceptionally well versus the New York Yankees. Um, And from from that, from the moment going to a retired, I couldn't stand him. But I couldn't deny his gangster. I couldn't deny what he was able to do with that ball in his hand. Um, You know, it, it, it was something spectacular to watch. Um, so I salute him for forgetting the call. Um, I got to a conversation with uh, a friend of ours, um, and 
he's kind of on the fence that I think a lot of us are on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to hold out people for so-called cheating the game, that's the whole reason mm-hmm. why Barry Bonds, Schilling, Sosa, McGuire, all these guys are not in the game, are not in the Hall of Fame because they cheated. Unfortunately, for as much as we love Big Poppy, his name was mentioned in the Mitch report as somebody who took suspect. So I'm not right. I, I'm not throwing shade at, at, at Ortiz because you know he did the damn thing, and you know not everybody who quote unquote breaks the law goes to jail. Not everybody who does wrong gets punished. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it, 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 it puts a bigger black eye, in my opinion, on the stupidness that is this process. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm going to go ahead and get on my rant now. You can't sit there and tell me that Barry freaking Bonds is not a Hall of Famer. You can't tell me that the man that TP shook hands with held while he was, you know, breaking down and crying in Vegas. I'm talking about Pete Rose. is not a and Hall of Famer, and you got people mm. in the Hall of Fame who also should perform an enhancing substance. You got people in the Hall of Fame who are known racist and biggest and stand for hatred and disharmony to, to, to the community, but yet you want to hold other people out for those very same things. Tighten the, you know what I'm saying? The fact that the, the, the fact that the first year of eligibility, you know what I'm saying? Again, I'm a Yankee fan, but freaking Andy um, see, well, um, Alex Rodriguez got 34.3% of the vote, 34.3% of the vote on his first year of eligibility, and his name was all through that damn Mitchell report. Come mm-hmm. on, man. Come on now. Sammy Sosa, his final year of eligibility, got 18.5% of the, uh, of the vote. His final year, this is Sammy Effing Sosa. Sammy Sosa. You know what I'm saying? We all remember what, 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 what him, big, you know, Mark McGuire did growing up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the time when all of us primarily got into the sport and started watching the game and, you know what I'm saying, like, stop it, baseball. Stop it now. I, I'm not too sure what you can do to make it right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as there are people that can't get in now, it's a damn shame because, again, you're talking out of both sides of your face and you look stupid talking, just, just talking, man. Get it right. I apologize wholeheartedly to Schilling, Bonds, and those that haven't gotten in yet. Again, salute to Big Poppy. You know what I'm saying? Well-deserved. Your career was awesome. Um, but I can't in good conscience be like, you know, yay, Big Poppy. Congratulations, Big Poppy. You know what? But I, 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 as T.P. said and as, 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 as B.I.G. said, I got to talk, man. I got to tell him how I feel. And even though I talked about it on social media, you know, this is a, a perfect platform to sign off, and hopefully somebody in Major League Baseball will listen to Couldn't agree more. Um, Michael, I'll come over to you. Um, let give, give David Ortiz his flowers. Only one getting voted into the Hall of Fame, and if you want to go on your soapbox, please do, my brother. <clears throat> First of all, big ups to Big Poppy. Uh, he deserves what he got. <clears throat> I don't care what anybody tries to say about it. he wasn't implicated as much as anybody else or whatever. Uh, listen, as a person who had no problem with the Yankees until 1996, uh, when when Johnny Damon and, and David Ortiz and the bunch of idiots, as they call themselves, came back from that 
3-0 series deficit for the first time in professional sports after getting just hammered in game three. I think it was like 19-8 or something silly where Hideki Matsui is still hitting our yep. guys. Um, yep. They they came back, won that series. They broke that curse. I, it did my heart good, man. I was just so glad. I didn't have to hear about the Bambino curse anymore. It was over. Uh, you know, obviously we know they've gotten a couple more rings since, but <clears throat> whatever. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, Poppy kind of spearheaded that and was in a lot of ways uh, a leader. The, the Twins, I feel like, gave up on him a little bit too soon, obviously. Uh, but who knows? Like, if he doesn't go there, does he get does he get buried? Does his career, you know, that um, ever rise to the level that it did? So, uh, I Big Poppy is an iconic figure in the sport. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of people loved him. I think about uh, the Little League World Series. Every year they do, like, the little lineups uh, where the kids are introducing introducing themselves kind of like they do on uh, Sunday night football. And they say their name and what position they play, and they always say their favorite player is uh, how they do those little introductions. And Poppy's name is mentioned a bunch, or was mentioned a lot, and, and still gets gets played even several years after he's retired. So he deserves what he what he got. <clears throat> now, Barry Lamar Bond may be the greatest baseball player that I've ever seen. Uh, the year that everybody was chasing home runs. He had statistically one of the best, most dominant offensive seasons that anybody's ever had in 1998. No juice, right? Like, so you can miss me with all the steroid stuff and everything else because, to be honest with you, even if you took all that out from 1986 or whatever it was that he came into the league until 1998, like his body of work to that point, makes him a Hall of Famer, first and foremost. Second of all, his numbers, just to go through and look, um, I did it a couple times. I did it again early this morning, just to go through and look and see his stats, even his own base, his total bases, walks, strikeouts, all that kind of stuff. Um, Extremely, extremely impressive. Uh, And Barry Bonds did it all. He, He had a very good glove in left field. He stole bases. He hit for power. He had a good eye. He could hit anywhere in the batting order. And he continued to get better every year. Um, so, to me, the point of the Hall of Fame is to tell a story, to tell the story of the game, to document its history, to so people that maybe don't know as much or want to relive it or so when kids kids can go visit or whatever and learn about past generations before them and learn about different players and whatever else. And to me, if you don't have guys like Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, it is an absolute travesty and incomplete, and it's it's like a museum missing valuable paintings. Uh, you should charge less for tickets. It's not <clears throat> nearly the attraction that it should be. Listen, Roger Clemens is 
it's a level of greatness or whatever. I get that. And, you know, I, I tip my cap to him and the, and the pitcher that he was. But to me, the biggest travesty of all these is Barry Bond. And you're looking and you're seeing – you just read this, and to me, you just said Scott Rowland. That's a baseman. Don't get me wrong. Had a very good glove. A good baseball player. But Scott Rowland, four votes for the Hall of Fame? Then Barry Bonds? I think it, there's, it, we're getting to a point in time where even this whole selection process needs to be looked at, how they're going about it, who's getting votes and everything else. Um, this Baseball Hall of Fame selection is a joke. The Hall of Fame's a joke. It's, <clears throat> it's a travesty. And the game, the commissioner, the writers, anybody that has anything to do with this, should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Uh, I'm, I'm speechless. To, well, not really, but almost speechless to hear mm-hmm. that a guy like Scott Rowland. There was even a couple other guys that you said uh, in this list that got more votes. Listen, good baseball players, not anywhere near the caliber of Barry Bonds. And this is a guy who not only not only was one of the best in the game. He had a lot of expectations on him, being the son of a major leaguer and the son of a guy who was a very good baseball player. And not only did Barry Bonds have that expectation, he surpassed what his father ever did as far as how good of a baseball player he was. So he not mm-hmm. only carried that expectation, he raised that bar. Barry Bonds is, to me, I, I still think, and I, I, maybe even the best baseball player I've ever seen. Because even yeah. after the 1998 season, when everybody started hitting home runs, and that's what drew as much attention, because if you look at Barry Bonds' numbers in 1998, they were far more impressive than what you got from Sandy Sosa and Mark McGuire, minus the home runs. The story mm-hmm. is he was at King Griffey Jr.'s house and said, I just had one of the best seasons. Uh, I did all this. I didn't really get recognized. This is how they want me to play. This is what I need to do to get my just due as a player. Okay, I'll play that game too. And then when he did decide to play that game, because everybody else was doing it, what? He was still the best. Whatever Barry Bonds mm. wanted to do in this game of baseball, he was the best. He made the game look easy. He's one of the most dominant figures in the sport. And I don't – man, I, it, it's to me, a, a Hall of Fame without Barry Bonds is, is one of the biggest travesties that you would see in any sport. You might as well just shut it down, move it. Uh, blow it up, whatever. Mm. But if Barry Bonds isn't part of it, then you're not chronicling the sport. And if you were uh, writing this story, remember I said that uh, the the whole object of the Hall of Fame is to tell a story or document the game. If you were turning this into me, Hall of Fame, as a uh, and, and I was the person grading this documentary, this story, you wouldn't just get an incomplete. You would get an F minus. You'd be set back a couple levels. Absolutely. The the plaque. On the wall at Cooperstown, when you walk in to the Hall of Fame, says to preserve history. How are you preserving history if you're choosing to omit it purposely? It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Barry Bonds never tested positive for a PDD. Now, we know he probably used something that was masking whatever. I'm not going to get into the whole cement, but we have suspicion 
of Barry Bonds and Clemens. A-Rod and Ramirez are different cases. They, when the rules were changed, they failed the test, and, and they were suspended. Ramirez quit baseball twice because he didn't want to deal with it. Okay, fine. But then Ortiz gets in, which I agree with, great player. I hated him as a Red Sox, but nothing but respect for him. But he was on the Manfred, he was on the Mitchell Report, too. So now you're choosing to bring in guys that you want to bring in. Now there's a hypocrisy going. It's like if you're going to let one in, you've got to let them all in. That's my problem, right? And, and, and here's the deal. I'm sitting here watching the, the Hall of Fame um, uh, show on MLB Network with Bob Costas. Then I'm watching uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo talk on his show today. Two guys that are absolutely against these guys getting in. These guys got rich off of the backs of Barry Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, and company. Everybody, everybody got rich. Everybody ate. Okay, everybody. The writers, the league, the coaches, the owners, the, the freaking uh, commissioner, the, everybody, radio people got ratings, newspapers got sold, magazines, everybody got their hand out. They didn't say a word. They knew what was going on. They didn't say a word. Now they want to look holier than thou and not let these guys into the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he allegedly, he was a three-time MVP before he allegedly started taking any kind of performance-enhancing drugs. Three-time MVP. And to Mike's point, son of a baseball player, godson of the great, one of the greatest, if not arguably the greatest center fielder, greatest baseball player ever, ever was, Willie Mays. Played for, then he played for the Pirates, then went into the shadow of Willie Mays, went to the Giants, and still won MVPs. And you're telling me this guy's not only 500, 500 guy, 500 home runs, 500 stolen bases, seven-time MVP, home run record. All the, the, it's a joke. It's hypocrisy at its finest, not letting these guys in. It, I'm telling you, these baseball writers that vote these guys in are full of crap because they – got rich too. People try to think that they're the gatekeepers. No, they were the gatekeepers because they kept the lie going because it was selling newspapers. It was selling magazines. Everybody got rich off this crap. Everybody. And now they want to lay the hammer down. And, 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 and Pete Rose didn't cheat the game of baseball when he was a player. That's what we're judging him on. Let him in the Hall of Fame. It's a joke. The Hall of Fame is a Hall of Jokes because there's guys, listen, you want to get technical? Babe Ruth can come out of there too. Why? Because he didn't play against the best competition. Why? Because black players weren't allowed to play. So his numbers are tainted. If it's a numbers game and numbers are, are sacred, his numbers are crap because he didn't play against the best competition. If we want to get technical here. So don't tell me it's about the numbers. Don't tell me it's about the purity of the game. If you want to preserve history, then let these guys in the Hall of Fame. TP, what do you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm girl, done. Girl, girl, don't let me stop you. Girl, girl, I, like, I, I love what you cook. Yeah, I, love cook. I love that. Go, go. I love that. Listen, listen, I want to add to it. I'll, I'll let you call now. Get some water, boy. Get some water. I'm going to even add more to this. This is why baseball is a laugher. And I love my twins. I love the sport of baseball because this is a sport. This is probably one of the first ones I learned after basketball. I learned basketball first. Baseball was the second one, T-ball. You mean to tell me that you're going to hold guys like A-Rod, Barry Bonds, 
Roger Clemens. Um, I mean, this, this report is ongoing, right? From the game because of drug use, right? Let's just look at every sport. Pick a sport. We could use basketball. Why don't you? Michael Jordan smoked weed. Football, Lawrence Taylor used drugs. Crack cocaine. These dudes are mm. idolized in the Hall of Fame and the sport that they played. You mean to tell me that these baseball players are 100% clear of drugs? Do you know what alcohol is? Do you know what caffeine is? Those are drugs. They're all doing drugs. There's nobody perfect on this doggone earth. There's nothing new under the sun. Cut it out and stop trying to be the smartest person in the room. You know what people need to do? And I know my voice won't get this far. People need to boycott Cooperstown. Don't go no more. Mm. Don't go. Don't, don't, don't give them the money. Who, who wants to go that far west New York? What's out there other than Syracuse or Buffalo or Rochester, New York? Or Binghamton, mm-hmm. Jamestown, Cooperstown. What are you doing in West New York? Who wants to go that far out to idolize that city anyway? If you're going to do that to some of the heroes that we've seen play the sport, don't even go out there. They don't even deserve to get the money that we work for. For what? For what? You mean to tell me that this guy's nickname is Charlie Hustle? He can't get into the game because when he managed, he bet. You mean to tell me that there is a city in the United States of America called Las Vegas where people go there and bet on sports, and you're going to hold them out from something that you guys are just tooth and nail biting at the bit to just be like, nope, we're not going to bite, we're not going to bend, we're just not going to let Pete in the Hall of Fame when this dude hit 4,000-plus hits in his career. You mean to telling me that that's not Hall of Fame worthy? Then who else did it? Who, Jeter? Who, Vaughn? Who, who? Like, this, this is a laughing stock of a sport for the powers that be. Not the people that play the sport or not the, the skippers that are in the, the dugout doing what they need to do. The powers that be that have not played a sport or people that have never swung a bat or never dove for a ball. All of that. All of them people or the writers that are pulling the plug on these players that can't get to enjoy their night in the sun. Forget it. It, it. Enough is enough with you guys. You guys taking baseball and laughing stock. You guys have nothing else to do but write opinions and not giving these guys their just due. Listen, I'm glad Barry finally cooked, and I love every last bit of that brisket. Believe me. I mean, you're talking about guys in in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s that were using, what, greenies, amphetamines. That was a dirty little secret in baseball that everybody, 50% of people used it. Most of these people in the Hall of Fame, nobody talks about it. Why? Because it, it, it didn't make as much money. Listen. 94, the strike came. They came back with the home run. Everybody got, everybody got rich. Where baseball is now, it's because of that. They're making millions and millions and billions of dollars. When it's, go, when it's all good, it's good. Baseball didn't want to do anything about it until the, until, the, until the Congress that were looking to get votes to stay in office made baseball have hearings and make, made them ban the substance. That's why, they, that's why it's banned. That's why there's a policy now. They wouldn't have policed it. They weren't going to police themselves. They got forced to do it. Now these people are, are the ones keeping these guys out of the Hall of Fame. It's a joke. It's a joke, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I get how Alex Rodriguez and Maria, uh, Manny Maria doesn't get in because they failed the test that was imposed upon them. But if you're going to let one in, let them all in, man. And listen, we know, listen, the late Hank Aaron hated them for it. We know that. He hated them. To his dying day, said they cheated the game of baseball. They're the only ones that cheat. There wasn't people stealing signs. Baseball is built on stealing signs. 
on cheating, on using something, pitchers using a foreign substance on baseballs, scuffing up baseballs. Baseball's built on cheating. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? It's semantics at this point. I, I'm done. Co- I'm I'm done cooking. I I I had to I had to talk myself. I had to get on my soapbox. Mike, uh, serious. If you guys want to add anything before we move on to football, we can do that on the on the callers cookout because I'm cooked. I'm cooked. Now you ain't done. Now, you ain't I done, man. Oh, hold on. Even in the fact that something Barry said and, like, Mike reiterated, you mean to tell me that we sat up here and saw Barry Bonds from the 80s come out of, what, Arizona State and play with Pittsburgh mm. and have the career that he had. And you mean to tell me, I don't have anything against Scott Rowland. I respect and love what he was able to do for the game. He has, what, 63% of the vote, and Barry Bonds has, what, 66? 66. Or yeah. He's that close 56. to Barry Bonds. There is no way Roland is that close to Barry Bonds in anything in baseball, other than respected yeah. positions that he played third and Barry played the outfield. There is nothing you <laughs> could tell me Scott Roland is that close to him in baseball. And I get it. Yeah, performance enhancing drugs. They have to go out there and work in the gym to get their body where they needed to be. But that's not even where I got to go. So we mean to tell me um, Jose Caseco, probably the hugest dude I've ever seen in baseball history, off of. Performance enhancing drugs. He didn't play a Hall of Fame career. It wasn't easy for him to hit bombs. I mean, he hit him, but he wasn't hitting him at the clip that these guys were. He didn't have the, the you know, ball or eye contact that we need to have, like a Mark McGuire may have had. If, if since these guys are similar in size, like one of them had a better career at it. So I get it. Like you guys want to hang tooth and nail onto that. This this is why when it's the end of the day for these baseball players, they won't be glorified, and it's a shame that this is going to go on until you get a uh, commissioner that basically just smashes that rule and moves on to greener passes. But right now, boycott Cooperstown. If you hear it anywhere, they lying. They heard it here first in Sports City. I said it first. Boycott them so they can learn to put some of the legends of yesterday in today. Tell the story. That's all we ask. Go ahead, Mike. I I, I 100% agree with that. As good a player as Scott Rowland is, he could barely clean uh, Barry Bonds' cleats. Uh, real quick, uh, I, I did have a shout-out that I've been meaning to get on the last couple of shows that I wanted to throw out real quick, mm-hmm. if you guys don't mind, before we switch to football. Uh, last yeah. week, uh, Lu- Lucia Harris, uh, Lucia Harris, they, they called her Queen Lucy, passed away. Um, the only woman to ever be drafted into the NBA, she scored the first uh, points an international competition for the United States, uh, a basketball legend, Shaquille O'Neal, has been working on putting together a documentary to tell that story. That's going to be coming out soon. Uh, there was hope that they were going to meet. Um, apparently the man upstairs had different plans before it was able to happen. But if you've never uh, heard the story or ever seen when it does come out, Make sure to take uh, take a minute and watch that. She was uh, extremely influential in the game of basketball. She was a big uh, post player, dominated Division Two Delta State in Mississippi, won a couple of national championships, got to the Olympic team, and played on a team that really wanted to run and use their athletic ability. And even though she could dominate in a slower kind of game, like she put the work in and ran and, and did everything she had to do. They said she was – uh, one of the most dominant people on the floor, but also one of the hardest workers. So 
uh, rest in power, Queen Lucy. And uh, when that comes out, you got to take a take a minute and take a look at it. Absolutely, thanks for that. Uh, that's a good plug for us. Um, yeah, I'm 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 done cooking these guys, man. I I I'll probably have to blog or do a finger food or something. But listen, um, it's a joke. Barry Bonds, best player I ever saw, five tool player. You know, ridiculous. I mean, and, and guys that didn't get in, Andrew Jones, um, damn shame, damn shame. Um, you know. Just the fact that he's probably the best defensive center fielder I ever saw. But um, he's one listen, of only two um, center fielders ever. He's one of only two center fielders ever to hit 450 home runs and steal uh, 300 plus bases. The other one's really nice. And 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 what? Ten straight um, Gold Gloves. I mean, guys, ten straight Gold Gloves. I mean, Maddox and those. Pitchers I mean, if you don't let these guys in, who are you letting in? Tonight. Yeah, like who are you letting in? Like, really, like, the numbers speak for uh, whatever. Baseball is a joke. How they get these guys in the Hall of Fame is a joke. Um, I'm sick of the process. Writers are full of crap. Like, whatever. Um, they got a personal grudge against Jeff Kent. He doesn't get in. He's the best. He's got the most home runs in, at second base. He's got more home runs than Ryan Stanberg, who's in the Hall of Fame. Joke. Absolute joke. Um, listen, Sean Payton... Uh, stepping down in New Orleans, I definitely want to get to that because um, Mike is in the building. Um, you know, taking a break. Uh, it looks like he's. He, I don't think he's finished with football, as, as, as he's uh, kind of stated. But um, you know, I think he's probably burned out after this year. Um, you know, can't speak enough about the job Sean Payton did coming into it. Like I said on on, on our we talk offline coming into a situation not a lot of people wanted to come into. They came off a 3-13 and 13 record. He took over, and all they did was win games. He won a Super Bowl, and they were the Aints, and they're, they're the Saints. Um, you know, so Sean Payton stepping away from the game. Mike, I'd like, I like to uh, go first. This is your guy. I would usually save you for last, but I'll let you go first. Uh, talk to me about Sean Payton stepping down in New Orleans. So first of all, um, before I say anything, I would like to say that the respect I have for Sean Payton and and the appreciation I have for the job that he did for this franchise, I I can't really put into words. Uh, you're right. The the team was better than three and thirteen, but keep in mind that season they played everything on the road because that was the Katrina season. But that team yep. was. Uh, that team was in shambles. They had to pick things back. They had to pick things up. Um, so I, I, I did some more digging on this before the show tonight. I read a few articles from Amy Just, who writes for NOLA.com and uh, for the Times Picayune and places down there. Um, Sean Payton was kind of uh, sort of feeling the urge to take a step back, even going into the season. Um, he goted out the season. This this was a, a very, very challenging season for the Saints. Uh, misplaced because of the hurricane, had to go to Jacksonville, uh, had, had to move all their practice facilities to Dallas. He was said in the media even a couple times leading up to this that this almost felt like two seasons. Uh, as long as it was, you had all the injuries on this team, uh, you had the COVID battles where there were times that this team just didn't look good. He never lost five games in a row, which is what happened at one point this season. Uh, this was probably his most challenging season as a coach of the New Orleans Saints. Um, and the fact that they were able to finish with a record above 500 when you look at the product that they put out on the field some, some weeks, 
is a testament to him. He will be sorely missed by this franchise. Um, I hope they can get. I hope they can get it right moving forward. Um, I will say that whoever takes over this franchise, whether it be Dennis Allen, they're talking about also interviewing Aaron Glenn. I don't know what I think about that. I wasn't that impressed with him when he stepped up to a defensive coordinator this year. Um, there are some other guys that I would like to see interviewed. But I will say that because of the work that Sean Payton and Nicky Lemus and those guys have put into this franchise, this franchise is in better hands for the next coach than it's ever been for any coach in the history of this franchise. Uh, from everything I've read, Sean Payton just wants to take at least a year off. He wants to maybe tailgate for the first time in his life, spend time with family, mm-hmm. and all that stuff for a little bit of time. He may do some broadcasting. Um, you know, I think that within a year or two he'll take another coaching job somewhere. I, I hope it's not in. I hope it's not in the NFC, but I'm feeling it probably will be. Um, we'll see what happens as far as uh, for him. I mean. I'll, I'm predicting right now that Dallas goes out in the first round next year, fires Mike McCarthy, and they back up the truck for Sean Payton and give him anything he wants to take over that franchise. And so Dallas, uh, Sean Payton very well could be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys in a year or so. Um, but I, listen, it's bittersweet. I'm grateful for for everything that he did for this franchise. Uh, as a fan, I'm very concerned about the future. And what happens next? Uh, New Orleans is a team that could very easily, if they don't play things right, could slide back into irrelevance and and mediocrity again. I'm still going to love them to carry the card for who that nation, regardless. Uh, listen, I've, I've suffered some dark seasons as a fan, uh, as a kid growing up, and you know, as kids, we can be more fickle at times, but I never deserted my team. I'm not going to desert them with whatever happens now. Still be that nation all day. But uh, I, I'm very, very worried about the long-term health of this franchise and who takes over, so that's concerning to me. But I wish all the best for Sean Payton. Um, I hope he gets that time with his family. I hope that uh, – I hope that fills his cup a little bit, man, because I'm sure with this season he kind of felt wrung out, felt very kind of uh, empty at times. So I hope that uh, this gives him a chance to recharge his batteries and be uh, even a little bit more emotionally healthy and whatever moving forward. And I wish him the best in anything that he does, man. I will forever be grateful for what he's done for this franchise. I just won't cheer for him when he's lined up across the field from the black and gold. <laughs> uh, yeah, kids said it'd be better. Serious, give me your take on Sean Payton. And um, yeah, the rumor is Cowboys will come and knock it. I, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'd love to get your opinion on Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton stepping down, honestly, for me, um, it, it comes as a little bit of a shock because I, I wasn't really following it um, like Mr. Harvey was and, and a couple other ones. I did hear um, a little bit of rumblings that. Um, he wanted to step down or take some time away. Or I'm not sure if it was for health things or, you know, we, we, when you do something consistently for as long as Sean Payton was on the job and, you know, burn out and things of that nature, stuff to set so I, I, I kind of get it. Um, but, you know, I, I have nothing but positive remarks to say about Sean Payton. I hope that 
whatever he is searching for, whatever he needs, he's able to achieve. Um, you know, again, I I can't say anything better than what, you know, Matt said. I mean, the Saints were the eighth for the longest time. You know, I, I recall, you know, bags on foreheads, and I lived in Louisiana from 2000 to 2001. I mean, 2002, excuse me. I, li- I lived out there. I was at a place called Lighthouse Transfer Boys right right in the parish or whatever. So I was downtown Bourbon Street. I was down there for Mardi Gras. I was down there. Um, and even in the midst of all the craziness that went on uh, with the football team, the team, the fans still stuck together. They still rallied. And so, you know, when they won that Super Bowl and, and, and started becoming relevant, you know, that was all a tribute to Sean Payton. Um, so I took my cap to him. I hope that he's able to, you know, kind of recharge his battery, so to speak. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I think we're all in lockstep that he finds his way into Dallas. Um, if I'm Mike McCarthy, um, I'm not. I, I'm looking for um, real estate elsewhere because it's only a matter mm-hmm. of time before, you know, you're a good buddy. You should, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton are friends. They're good buddies, and it's you know some your your man is waiting for you to slip up so he can take your spot. You know what I'm saying? Life lesson to y'all folks. Anyway, yes. So it's it's only a matter of time before Sean Payton pops up in Dallas. Oh, you better get those U-Haul boxes together. I know that. Just keep them by your desk. Every every step you take, every move you make, you better be having those boxes ready. Keep you timeless. Sean Payton stepping down. Um, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> I guess it wasn't surprising. Uh, thanks, Mike, for dropping that. I think I had heard some rumblings, but I wasn't really sure what was going on. Um, and Sean Payton decided to step down from uh, the New Orleans Saints job. Leaves them in a better situation than when he found them, but it is a tough situation for them. Uh, love to get your opinion on it, uh, TP. I think you're on mute. Are you there, Timeless? Timeless. 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 Is he there? Well, we're waiting just so people know. Sean Payton already has a home yeah. in Dallas. He's oh, in Dallas Yeah, I mean, listen, he was a former assistant uh, in Dallas under uh, the great legendary Bill Parcells. Um, so, um it's it, it's a logical move. I don't think he'll do it this year. I think he'll probably sit out a year, probably do a little TV, and then recharge his batteries and come back. Um, I think he said he's not finished with football. I don't think he's finished coaching. I, I think he's a terrific coach, and you just can't um, you just can't underestimate the job, like Mike said, that he did in New Orleans. I mean, really building a winner out of a team that. Nobody wanted to go to. Nobody wanted to go to the Saints. That was like a last resort if you wanted to stay in the league. And that was a prime place to come, prime place to play, you know, with um, with Drew Brees winning championships. I mean, the job that he did, um, it, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. And to your point, like, with, with Katrina, with everything that was going on um, to come back and, and, and build a winner there, it's just a great. Great, great story. Go ahead, there, Mike. There was talk about it to Dallas. Like, he was rumored before McCarthy got hired. He was rumored before Garrett got hired. And I think at the time, like, listen, I, the Dallas Cowboys is one of the premier jobs in, in, the, in the National Football League, right? Like, uh, 
mm-hmm. that some of his loyalty to New Orleans because him, he embraced the city, embraced him back. So I think that some of it had to do with loyalty to his quarter. We're close to um, the Saints really believed um, through 17, 18, and 19 that they had teams that uh, really legitimately had a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. And so I didn't think that when he got the team to that, because they had Magic Year in 06 where they went to the NFC Championship game and lost to Rex Grossman. Um, and then they had they had a couple seven and nine seasons, so they had a couple and then a couple eight and eight seasons, but they had to the they were perennial Super Bowl contenders. They weren't able to, to climb back to the top of the mountain again, but they were very, very close. And so that yeah. team was more the two winning than the Dallas Cowboys were at the time. And then once again loyalty to that quarterback, so that's why I don't you know, he didn't do anything. But I think now the times are different. Dallas has as many pieces in a lot of ways. Um, and so that's why I could see him doing that and see this being sort of the ultimate stop at the at the end of his career and the way that he's eventually going to close it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just can't say enough good things about him and, and what the job that he did. Um, it'll be a time, it'll, you know, it's going to be a long wait. It's it's a hot topic of him probably going to Dallas. Um, it's not going to happen right away, but um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I definitely want to get a close before we get out of here. Um, Sirius, I'll come to you first. Um, Malik's dad, give us a close out as we get out of here in the, in the callers uh, cookout. Man, it's your boy, Sirius, repping that 412 and the 703, man. Such a pleasure to be here with you guys on another edition of the Callers Cookout, man. One thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here, um, just being safe, man. Just, just be safe out there, man. I, another friend of mine, unfortunately, uh, lost their battle with, with this pandemic. And honestly, mm-hmm. every time I get the opportunity to, um, to, to, to raise awareness and to you know, push people towards the right direction. I, I'm gonna take that opportunity to do that. Um, again, do what you need to do. Stay safe, man. Don't don't get caught up in the madness. Don't get caught up in the monotony of things, man. Be safe. With that being said, with that being said, man, it's a pleasure to be here, man. I catch you with you guys on the next one. I'll be good. Absolutely, man. Thanks for calling in, serious. Mike, give us a quick close as we get out of here, bro. Man, I got a couple of things for you. I told you guys last week, Penn State and Michigan were two of the top three teams in the country. Well, Penn State showed Michigan that they have a long, long, long way to go. Um, Iowa and Penn State, the best two teams in the country, are wrestling on Friday night on Big Ten Network at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Kind of late for you guys on the East Coast. But, uh, listen, even if you're not a huge fan of the sport, if you want to see some high-quality competition and you want to see it done at a very high level, um, take the hour and a half or so that it would take to watch this match. It'll be worth your time. Um, that being said, also uh, defending national champion last year, kid from Oklahoma State, one of the most popular wrestlers in the sport, next to say maybe Gable Stevenson and Spencer Lee. Uh, a kid named AJ Ferrari um, had a bad car wreck just a couple of days ago. Um, mm. He still—they said no broken bones. He's still kind of getting treated, so. 
uh, prayers up to that family and that and and those guys. That's that's one of the brightest stars in the sport. So I don't know if we'll have him back this year. And right now, it's not as important as far as what he does on the mat. It's just more important to uh, to know that the that the kid is can get back healthy and and you know all, all that other stuff. Competition, all that comes uh, comes second. So as much as we talk about sports, man, uh, we've also talked about being safe and. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot to life. It's a lot bigger than sports. So, uh, that being said, man, check out Sports City Chefs. Check out the website, the blogs, the finger foods, all the different things that are going on on the site. Uh, check us out. You want to talk to uh, TP and me and Sirius and those guys? Uh, come to the barber shop on Clubhouse, man. We're over six thousand members and continuing to grow. Um, man, the goal, if we can make it, is to get to 10k by our one year anniversary, man. So. Uh, that's April 25th. We got a little bit less than three months to get there. So, as TP would say, tell a friend to tell a friend, um, and come to the barber shop. Help us uh, spread the word because we have a really good community there. We talk definitely about sports, talk about hip hop culture, have some uh, funny conversations, and even some uncomfortable ones and some life ones to uh, to really break things down. So, uh, we cover a wide variety of things in the barber shop. So. Come, uh, come sit and say it. Come sit a spell and uh, and chop it up with us sometime in the barber shop. Uh, that being said, last thing I gotta say, man. Uh, much love to TP. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Uh, much love and respect to you, villain, and the serious man. Um, Starting to think you guys as family. I always appreciate you guys having me alongside. It's always a pleasure, man. And I'm always going to continue to represent that 504 area code, even though Sean Payton isn't anymore. And as they say in Southern Louisiana, I'm lazy and able to me that. We're going to let the good times roll no matter what. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, thanks thanks a lot for everything you do. Uh, get on the website and start blogging for us. Definitely want to get some wrestling talk on there. Um, everybody, um, appreciate the chefs, you know, coming in and, and doing their thing this this network wouldn't be anything without you guys. Uh, SportsCityChefs.com, the website, the news, the blogs, the, the, the shows, the merchandise. Get out there. Buy yourself a mask. You need one. Um, keep yourself safe. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the two-year anniversary of, of the late uh, Kobe Bryant uh, was today. Uh, his, 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 him, uh, his daughter, Gianna, uh, the seven people that all died in that horrific uh, crash two years ago today. Uh, ironically, his Lakers are 24 and 24 in the eighth seed in the Western Conference. <sighs> yeah, 24 and 8. Huh? Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Mike. I, I, know, I know we're supposed to be closing, man, but, but real quick, this this is uh, – Kobe is my favorite basketball player and in a lot of ways my favorite mm-hmm. athlete, man. And um, it's crazy because his – the day of his death actually coincided with the same day my mom died when I was a kid, which uh, mm. kind of a double whammy to me. But um, the the one thing I want to say, and, and I've said this in a few other spaces, and, and I promise to be quick, man, but as great an athlete as he was, man, all the things that he was doing post-basketball career, he was going to take greatness to another level and impact so many more people than he ever impacted on the court. Not just for the women's game, not just for women's sports, but also, man, like all the writing and movies and different things that he was doing, even to try to reach out to those kids that felt maybe 
like they didn't belong and that kind of thing to try to help more and more people find their place in the world. Um, as sad as I am about the loss of, of the athlete, and as sad as I am about the loss of all the other family, um, I'm every bit as sad for what the world is going to miss out on as far as the impact that he was going to make for future generations to come of all people, of all genders, of all ages, and all ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a they put a statue um, in Calabas, uh, Calabas is, uh, California, of him and his um, of him and his daughter in um, at the site of the crash. And just looking at the statue, just um, it's a, it's a shame. Um, it's a shame, and you know, just how it happened, and you know how after basketball he was impacting the world, and and you know he was just going to make such an impact. Um, and and not only that, his young daughter Gianna, just a young light that was just shut down because um, you know what happened. It's just it, it's it's. <sighs> But, um, yeah, I, I just had to mention it because, um, you know, it was it a two-year anniversary, um, great player, but also a, a great person. And, in, in, um, you know, just I just remember that, that morning and not believing it was real. So, um, But uh, that being said, I want to thank everybody for calling in and listening um, on whatever device that you have. Uh, we got a show tomorrow. I'm sure we'll talk about Kobe and all the other things. Uh, on the the crossover cafe, um, we'll have another uh, show, the brunch uh, with TP Timeless um, on Sunday, um, previewing these championship games. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, after the great. Uh, how do you go for an encore after the, the divisional round uh, with these two games? Hopefully, we get uh, anything close to what we got this past weekend. Um, stay safe, stay blessed, and tell a friend to tell a friend it's the chefs again. And if they don't know. Now you know. Playing Sports City Chef from Amazon Music. Yeah. Woo! Let's go! Y'all need to sit back, listen, enjoy the vibe. Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Cause the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen, cooking up, they on the ride. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, Chef, 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 Sports City, Sports City,